0: Good to see you Thursday live. Hope you're doing good. Just jumping right into it tonight. Sweden, you know, this country that never locked down, never quarantined, never mandated masks, never mandated social distancing. None of that is now ahead of the United States is now beating the United States in the positive, in the good way, in deaths per million. Beating the United States and is now beating Italy. Italy. Notice how everybody else, you know, the curve, you know, when you deal with coronavirus, you're going to have a mountain peak like this. It's either going to go like this or it's going to go like that. Sweden was the second one. Sweden now has 578 deaths of COVID-19 per million. United States has 590 per million. So Sweden's now beating the United States in the positive. And remember, they had no lockdowns, not one day. No quarantines no mandated governmental mask wearing no government quarantines nothing not even mandated social distancing they they did it south dakota style Christine nom style they just let people be people let adults be adults make your own decisions that's called democracy it's called a a uh, republic a ca- you know a capitalistic society all whatever you know all the different you know monikers that we can use They also surpassed Italy. They now have less deaths per million than Italy. They already ransacked England, France, and Spain were way better than them. Anyway, all those other countries, complete economic disasters in full boat recessions, including the United States. All of us who did all of these things are worse off now officially than Sweden who did nothing. You know what I call that? Facts. Never should have happened, never should have been a quarantine, never should have been a lockdown, never should have been a church closing, never should have been any masks on. It all does nothing, and Sweden has shown the way. Less deaths per million than the United States, less deaths per million than Italy, less deaths per million than Spain, less deaths per million than France. Less deaths per million than the UK. They just beat Brazil, major lockdown, Chile, major lockdown. They have less deaths per million than Chile or Brazil. It's not close, folks. It never should happen. Well, it's all about being compassionate. No, it's all about being stupid. New York Post 9-6. As novelist Lionel Shriver writes, "We've we've never before responded to a contagion by closing down whole countries. This was written three days ago. As I've noted, the 1957-58 Asian flu killed 70,000 and 116,000 Americans between 0.04% and 0.07% of the nation's population. The 1968, so let's get. Let, make sure you're pulling, extracting the important stats out of this. The Asian flu in the United States, killed between 0.04 and 0.74% of the nation's population. Remember that was 57 and 58. 1968 through 70 Hong Kong flu killed about 100,000, 0.05% of the population. The US coronavirus death toll, the alleged death toll is 0.05% of the current population. And that remember that death toll is completely and totally fraudulent. The 186 to 189 thousand completely fraudulent legitimate deaths in there by coronavirus only are nine thousand two hundred and ten coronavirus only. I'll give them other deaths. Let's give them up to double that, eighteen thousand. Let's tri- let's triple that, twenty-seven to thirty thousand deaths. And that, all of that would not be it's absolute fact. That only nine thousand and two hundred, nine thousand two hundred and ten. Americans have died of coronavirus only. The other average of all the rest of them, so roughly 180,000 other deaths, all had an average of 2.6 comorbidities. And the average age of death of COVID 19 in the United States is 80. That is all facts, absolute facts. Sweden has shown the way. It never needed to happen, and there's never been a draconian response. And why do you keep talking about it, Tom? Because it continues to go on. It has never stopped. There's lots of states. The one I'm living in right now, you walk into a Walmart, they'll come up to you, and they'll say to you, uh, it's mandatory that you wear a mask. You just tell them no, and they'll leave you alone. Credit to them on that only. But it's still going on for what? For what? He has the exact same amount of deaths. Per population as a, as a percent of the population, it, it doesn't even compare to the Hong Kong flu. Cause I'm not going to use, it. I refuse to use the 186,000 deaths. That's completely fraudulent. They have so many fake attributions to the death count to COVID that you've never seen before in your life. You've never seen before in your life, a heart attack, a stroke. A shooting, a car accident, alcohol poisoning deaths. You've never seen any of those attributed to the flu, ever. But because of political expediency, many, 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 many hundreds of thousands of those have been attributed, attributed to COVID so that politicians can justify their little totalitarian states that they love running right now. The Gretchen Whitmers of the world, the Tom Wolfs of the world, the Phil Murphy's of the world, the Chris Cuomo's and Gavin Newsom's of the world. So we had Sturgis a couple weeks ago. I believe that it was somewhere in mid August. So roughly about three weeks ago, you had Sturgis, the bike rally out in South Dakota. And there was about in the little town of Sturgis. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there once. It's a little town. They just jam pack hundreds of thousands of people in there. And it's right near Mount Rushmore. You can drive right to Mount Rushmore right there. So, about four hundred and sixty thousand people attended. No masks, no social distancing, obviously no lockdowns or quarantines. So they, you know, the media put it out. This is going to be a super spreader event. You know, whenever you hear that from CNN, it's going to be a super spreader event. Now, what it is is actually an experiment for people like me. So what happened? You gather together. 460,000 people in a town really capable of holding about 20,000 and you jam pack them all in there. So let's look at what happened. Play the anomaly video for me.
1: Remember the big event in South Dakota weeks ago the media was fear-mongering about? It was the Sturgis Bike Rally in South Dakota. Hundreds of thousands of people were attending. They said, oh my God, COVID is gonna spread. It's going to be horrible. You haven't heard about it recently because once people start protesting and rioting, they all of a sudden forget about that narrative for a few weeks. But so far, the results are in and let's look. USA Today, first COVID-19 death linked to massive Sturgis Biker Rally, cases reported across the nation. So far, they're reporting one linked death. A Minnesota man who died was in his 60s and had underlying health conditions. That's correct. The event has been linked to one death. 118 residents who attended the rally tested positive for COVID-19. Nationally, about 300 cases have been linked to the rally. Around 460,000 people attended. One linked death. 300 linked cases. And the reason they say one linked death is just because you die with COVID-19 doesn't mean you die from COVID-19. If you have COVID-19 and you die, even if they're 100% sure you died from an alternate cause, they'll still list it as that.
2: So I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. The intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that.
3: So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if, um, Technically, if, even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. I was
0: hey, happy Hey, Aaron, if you would cue that up with the African-American woman one more to just kind of get it to that level where she's at, because I may go right back to that. I want everybody to understand how much of a fraud the death count is in the United States of America. We we, literally folks, it's an absolute bold faced lie. Whenever you go to the CDC website and you see 189,000 COVID-19 deaths, no other disease in history has been treated like COVID-19. I wonder why there's lots of political reasons for it, but I wonder why it is. No other, no other disease in history has ever been treated like this, where you've shut down a $20 trillion economy and made false death attributions to its death total. I mean, I want you, i always want you to remember a simple sentence. It's people that in that alleged death count, and it doesn't even match it every time because not everybody in that 189,000 on the CDC website has even been tested for COVID. If you look at how does what the CDC guidance is for MDs to fill out death certificates? You can just presume that it's a COVID-19 death and you can put it down. There's thousands of those in that 189,000. And then you have Deborah Burks, the head of the coronavirus response task force for the White House says that we have a very, very liberal approach to mortality. In other words, the United States is doing things that most other countries don't even count as deaths. Do you know how low our death count would be right now? If it was actually attributed correctly, if there was actually real death attributions to the death count instead of lots of fake ones. But the problem is, is that if you did actually rightly do the numbers when it comes to the death count, you would destroy lots of people's political control narrative. Because this isn't about, what this is, is a black swan that flew over our country and all the little Stalinists glommed on and said, this is a way to get Trump out. And this is a way for me to sit on my little Stalinist throne and do my little communist dictates throughout my state, throughout my county, throughout whatever little government that they actually control. It's deaths with COVID, not deaths of COVID. Deaths of COVID only. Are ninety two hundred in the entire United States. That's on the CDC website. The COVID deaths on people like, well, you know, they do attribute other you know, when people die of, you know, whatever, of pneumonia with the flu, they count that as a flu death. Nothing like this, folks. You have never in your life heard the term died with flu, not of flu. And one other thing too is when it comes to the Sturgis rally, how exactly did they they have one link death? out of 460,000 people. I'd like to know how they link that to Sturgis. So three weeks later, there's a death because that that article is uh, dated on September 6th. So three weeks later, there's a death from somebody who attended Sturgis, who has, of course, once again, probably an average of 2.6 comorbidities. Died of other. He had other health issues, but died allegedly with COVID, not of COVID. Died with COVID. And how exactly do they prove that Sturgis had anything to do with that? Is there, uh, you know, some sort of genome that you can pull out that has like a, a Sturgis stain on the COVID particle molecule that says Sturgis on it? They have no idea where that person got it. That'd be like saying, well, it's linked to, you can link it to whatever states they drove through, whatever McDonald's they stopped at, whatever person they talked to. There's no way to even do it. This, this is part of the problem with this whole thing. Everything is fake. Everything is absolute fake. It's all fraudulent. I mean, one more time. I want you to listen to what this woman says about how, now this is the head of the health department for the entire state of Illinois, making lots and lots of decisions about the freedoms of people in her state. Listen to what she says one more time.
3: That means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if um, technically,
0: if even if you died of. Everybody hear that. If you only had weeks to live before COVID, you were ever tested positive for COVID, and then you test positive for COVID and then die, they put it down as a COVID death. Play it again. Or
3: clear just alternate people. cause, but you had COVID at the same time. It's still listed as a COVID death. So, um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful.
0: How is that? She said, even if you have a clear other cause, C A U S E, clear other cause of death, but you tested positive of COVID with COVID, you are put down as a COVID death. She just basically said, we are going to lie to everybody. Now this is who is sending in the numbers to the CDC. Most of the deaths in the United States occurred in liberal states. The leading, the two leaders are New York, New Jersey accounting for somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 to 50,000 deaths themselves, allegedly. And this is how they're tabulating deaths at the beginning of it. They wanted lots of deaths. They want it now. Not so much because the political climates turned on them. So now they're trying to re- And that's why Cuomo can't put out his official nursing home death count until November 5th. But I want everybody, even if you have a clear other cause of death, if you tested positive of COVID, so something else clearly caused your death, but you, you tested positive with COVID, you're put down as a COVID death, all eyes. All right, this is from a Facebook friend of mine named Chris. I don't want to put out the last name, but I stole it right off of her Facebook page today. You can put that up there for me. Look at this. Coronavirus, 2019. This is from the CDC. Cloth masks that are used to slow the spread of COVID-19. Complete lie. Offer little protection against wildfire smoke. They do not catch small particles. (laughs) Okay, look, look at the first sentence. Cloth masks that are used to slow the spread of... Of COVID, they do not catch small particles found in wildfire smoke that can harm your health. Limit your time outside when it's smoke. So we can bring it with me. So they're saying basically, they can't they can't do anything against dust, but somehow they're going to block a particle that's 0.04 to 0.14 microns. I mean, how do these? I mean, how do you actually live with yourself? When you're inputting that into your computer to disseminate to the American public, your mask will do nothing against smoke, which is a billion times larger than COVID-19, but it'll save you from COVID-19. It actually says it in the sentence, the mask that you're using to slow the spread of COVID-19 will not block anything to do with smoke. So explain how that makes any sense whatsoever. It doesn't have to make sense because most of the American people, listen, you may not like that. I just said most, but it is most of the American people on, you know, on differing levels. Some people are just complete sheeple. Some people are partial sheeple. Some people have a little bit of sheeple in them. And then there's those of us like me who don't, I don't believe anything the government says. Look at this next. Most of you have seen this, but I just want to put this out. This is a typical mask box. This is what it says. This mask is not intended for medical use and is not proven to reduce the transmission of diseases. But yet you have the foremost epidemiologist in the United States, Anthony Fauci, who at the beginning said masks are useless now says wear masks to save lives. Tell me how that makes sense to anybody. It makes absolutely no sense because political expediency doesn't have to make sense. You can just bold face lie. You can do what's called gaslighting. Gaslighting is to perpetuate a lie and do it convincingly and do it over and over again. You it's it's lying with great conviction over and over and over again. All right, so let's look at this. I want everybody to understand how this all started so that you under you, that you have a good understanding of exactly where we're at and how we got to where we're at. So I want I want you to know the timeline here. how this all broke out. Well you had first of all, you had I got I put this down in an order of uh, five or six events in order. So first you have event 201. Now here's the thing, I want you to understand something. This just didn't appear, folks, in December of 2019. It certainly didn't just appear in the United States around March or April. People knew about this. You know, I'm not, a believe it or not, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy. I'm really not. But you do have to look at factual data. You actually have to look at data that's going on. And actually see what's happening, and actually put together a little timeline so you have a understanding of how this all happened. Well, event two hundred one occurred in October. It occurred October eighteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Play the video.
4: I said earlier the WHO was designated in this role. Now I want you to listen to a reply from a representative from the United Nations regarding who should be the gatekeepers of information.
3: Watch. I agree on the point on having a, a centralized source of information and a world body that could have uh, garner the respect of everyone. And I think the WHO in this instance might be that.
4: Okay, hey, there wouldn't be a problem with that if that meeting that she just spoke at took place a week or even a month ago, but that happened in October six weeks before coronavirus cases began popping up in China. Everything you're seeing right now, all of the responses, all of the companies and the governments all over the world, what the banks are doing, what people are saying, and the responses to people like me were all war-gamed.
0: So there you go. So you had Event 201, which was a pandemic war game put on by everybody. I mean, you can't even name it, whether it's the WHO, multinational companies, Bill and Melinda Gates, Everybody was there, though. Who was there? National representatives from the United States. Everybody was there. That occurred October of 2019. That's number one. So that this event. Now, what did they choose to war game? An epidemic, pandemic war game. Out of the blue, you I mean you could have picked anything, right? Could have picked tuberculosis. You could have picked a new form of the flu. You could have picked anything. You could have put, picked HIV. You could have put, picked any any virus any infection any disease any bloodborne pathogen any airborne pathogen whatever it may be you could have picked any of them what did they pick coronavirus now they picked it from pigs which if i have time to get into tonight i'll tell you why but they picked coronavirus what is what a coincidence that literally 2 months before coronavirus is discovered in china at wuhan where, where Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates have been funding uh, gain-of-function research for a long time, millions and mil- tens of millions of dollars given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Chinese Academy of Sciences. But lo and behold, a war game, a pandemic war game. This is all facts. You can pull this all up right now. Type in Google Event 201. They're not going to deny it. There's no denying it. I mean, it's just out there for anybody who wants to be informed but pastors would rather close their churches in virtue signal about how much they love Jesus. So you have event 201 that's October, 2019. Here's number two, Bill Gates predicts on Netflix, a wet market outbreak. Where's the wet market at Wuhan, China. So Bill Gates predicts himself on Netflix, pull it up, feel free. He predicts a wet market virus outbreak. So you have Event 201 in October of 2019, Bill Gates, one month later, predicts a wet market outbreak, which has to be coronavirus. There's only one wet market near an institute of virology, and that's in Wuhan, China. How anybody doesn't see this, I don't know. So then, number three, you have the viral outbreak of coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, in December now, in 2019. So you got Event 201 in October. Bill Gates prediction in November. And then lo and behold, the outbreak occurs in December. That's number three. Number four, you have, it's in January of 2020. Let me get my information out here. January of 2020, you have the world economic forum takes place world economic forum, January 2020. Who's there? January 2020, the world economic forum convened in Davos, Switzerland. Who was there? Let's see, you got Bill Gates, Rockefeller, Rothschilds, World Health Organization. And by the way, right right after that, the World Health Organization is there with representatives from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Shortly thereafter, they deem the coronavirus a pandemic after receiving... $50 million from the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation Gates had been lobbying the world health organization for a long time, trying to get for weeks, trying to get them to call the coronavirus a pandemic. They refused to do it. But then right after this, after Bill at the world health, at the uh, world economic forum, right after that, the world health organization, after receiving a $50 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, Decided to call it a pandemic. What a coincidence once again. So you have event 301 in October. You have Bill Bill Gates predict a wet market outbreak in November. They had the viral outbreak in Wuhan, China of the coronavirus, which they were war gaming in October. That happened in December. Then you got the World Economic Forum right here in January. Who else was there? Angela Merkel from Germany. Prince Charles. Part of the great, he's a great reset staple. For those that have looked up the great reset, Prince Charles they all, and, the, and multinational companies and governments want to do a, what's called a great reset using, they actually put this in the literature, using the opportunity of coronavirus to change the world economy into a more socialized system. Mark Zuckerberg was there. Bank of America was there. Citibank was there. Deutsche Bank was there european central bank was there microsoft was there Bayer was there johnson and johnson was there Merck was there at the end of the conference an initiative to develop a coronavirus vaccine was announced only this is only two weeks after scientists just a little over two weeks after scientists discovered that there was a coronavirus lo and behold at the world economic forum they they announced an initiative to develop a coronavirus vaccine. What a coincidence! War gamed in October, announced in November, virus comes out in December. World Economic Forum right here in January, one month after, and then here they're gonna they announced an initiative to develop a vaccine. The initiative was taken up by the CEPi, which is the Coalition for Ep- Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, which is funded by who? by the world health organization and the bill and Melinda Gates foundation. These are the facts folks. If you think that the, if you think that you're wearing a mask or that you're, you know, you're still sitting at home, not going to your, you're not going to church or you're a pastor who's safely reopening you're completely and totally one of two things, ignorant or willfully ignorant. Those are your choices. This was a plan folks. Was the virus itself a plan? I don't know. I mean, they obviously knew something was coming when you're wargaming it in October and you just pick who had ever heard of coronavirus before December of last year? Who? I never have. I've never heard of a coronavirus or SARS CoV 2 ever before that. But lo and behold, wargaming in October. Prediction comes out by the innovator, by the person who's going to be running the initiative to find vaccines. Bill Gates says there's going to be a wet market outbreak in November. The virus comes out in December. The World Economic Forum meets in January and starts to do vaccine preparation. And people think that all these people are about right now, what they're about is... Saving people's lives. You really still believe that when I read you things like that, do you actually believe that no chance whatsoever folks, no chance at all. All right. We have to ask ourselves about Joe Biden right now. I mean, for me, why does the guy refuse to answer questions? This is a Steve guest tweet from, from yesterday, Joe Biden hurries from the podium before he has to answer questions on the economy. Reminder, Biden is to blame for 60,000 Americans American factories closing and approximately 3.5 million jobs lost after he helped China into the World Health Organization. Beijing Biden play the video for me. No questions. a little bow oh, like a, like a Chinese thing. Who holds an event like that and, and gets no questions asked and refuse, refuses to answer any questions? Looks at the Ford raptor though. All right, back to me. So we have to ask ourselves: do you have somebody running. I mean, first of all, did you hear the applause? It sounded like there was four people gathered around the 18th green. This is this person is running for the most powerful position in the world and won't answer a question from a reporter. He, he straps on his face diaper. And by the way, let me just, again, if that looks like you, how could you be right? If Joe Biden is doing it, how could you be right? If Joe Biden is doing anything, you ought to do the exact opposite. Whatever he is saying, you should believe the exact opposite. Whatever his standards are, your standards should be the exact opposite. Listen, Kamala too. She won't answer any questions either. Play that video for me.
4: And I will pass it
3: back over to you because
5: I know you want to take some questions
0: before you get I out
6: of You want
5: to here.
3: take some questions? Come on. Thank you, Paul.
5: Thank you, We're all set. Thank you. All set. All all set. You all. Is your this is Paul. <laughs> we cackle now. I once lived in Wisconsin. Do you know
6: that? I did, yes. Thank you, guys. Why is it a of me? Wisconsin is part of my story. Everyone Thank you, We're
3: going
4: to head
0: out of the It's what I call the Kamala cackle. She uses it whenever she has no information. She just starts to cackle. She starts to screech and cackle. That was one wasn't much of a screech, but it was her typical thing. <laughs> That's what she does. She has no answers to anything. And I mean, again, why is she even wearing a mask? There's nobody within 10 feet of her. There's nobody within 10 feet. They're all properly social distanced, right? Why is she even, I mean, why would you even need to put a mask on? There's, no, there's nobody anywhere near you. And once again, even with your goofy mask on, why can't you answer a simple question? Why can't you answer you know, just some questions from reporters? Like, what's your agenda? What's your answer? What's your agenda for the next couple of days? Where are you going to be? Nothing. These people rush off as quick as they can. It's because they're afraid. They're afraid of the truth. They're afraid to answer any questions. I can't believe anybody would actually walk into a polling place and actually vote for people who refuse to talk to you. From the Daily Mail, 9-5. White House cancels racial sensitivity training. Great move here by President Trump. This is why I'm voting for him November 3rd. One of the many reasons why I'm voting for him. White House can't. I love the bold move. Just Just cancels it. Just outright cancels it. White House cancels racial sensitivity training for all federal employees because it is un-American propaganda. Love it. You might as well, you know, my, the title of tonight's podcast is you might as well just take sides. You might as well. No matter what you do here, if you phased it out, you're a racist. If you kept it going, you're a racist. If you just come out and say it's un-American propaganda, you're a racist. So you might as well come out and say what it is. It's un-American propaganda. Trump blasts classes on race, on critical race theory. Remember the, remember the terminologies that I give you. Died with COVID, not of COVID. Critical race theory. Critical race theory. Keep that in the back of your mind. Trump blasts classes on critical race theory and white privilege as a sickness in our country. Absolute truth. President Trump has demanded federal agencies identify training sessions on critical race theory so that they can stop being subsidized by the taxpayer. Amen. The issue came Via a memo released by the White House Office of Management and Budget on Friday, critical race theory specialists argue that all people are inherently racist, predominantly white people, and that U.S. government institutions, institutions privilege white people. Trump has called such teachings a sickness that cannot be allowed to continue. One lecturer, Howard Ross, here's the reason behind it all, First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. One lecturer, Howard Ross, has repeatedly has reportedly billed the feds more than five million dollars for the training since 2006. So the federal government has spent has paid Howard Ross five million dollars to bus white people into a room so that they can be called racist. And that's been going on since 2006, folks. I mean, it's 14 years ago. it started. That's under the Bush administration. So whoever's still pro-Bush, you've lost your mind. Pro listen, the Bushes are deep state hacks. None of them are voting for Trump. They're deep state hacks. They have no principles whatsoever. All they are is swamp rats. Let's just keep the minutiae going. Yeah, we just keep getting more and more into debt. We're never going to take a true stance. What they are is what I call houseboy conservatives. Whenever there's a cocktail party where you need to be inclusive and, you well, we better write a, a, invite a few conservatives in here. Hey, you know what? Let's get some houseboy bushes in here. They'll They'll talk conservative, but they'll never act in it because they're scared to death of us. Plus they don't really believe it. If you believe George W. Bush is a real conservative, he doesn't really believe in it. Otherwise he would, you know, he got his feelers hurt, but when Trump destroyed Jeb in the, in the debate, so none of them have voted for Trump since. If you're principled, you vote conservative. Even if your feelers are hurt, they're unprincipled. Principled people do what their principles state, no matter what the situation is. Even if you have a boo-boo on your feelings, you still vote with your principles. They voted against a man who is technically defunded in many ways Planned Parenthood. He took six hundred million dollars from Planned Parenthood, and the Bushes voted against him. That's not a principled person. All these Lincoln Project uh Republicans that are now supporting Joe Biden. What happened to their pro life stand? What happened to their small government stand? Well, Trump's mean. Oh, that's and so you're unprincipled then. So Howard Ross got five million dollars to preach this minutia since 2006. He is described as a seminal thought leader on on identifying and addressing unconscious bias. Could, anybody, please diagnose that. How, again, that's like trying to prove somebody got coronavirus from Sturgis. How do you prove unconscious bias if it is in fact unconscious? Critical race theory asserts that institutions are inherently racist and that race race itself is a socially constructed concept that is used by white people to further their economic and political interests at the expense of the people of color. According to Texas A&M university professor, Tommy Curry off the office of management and budget director, Russell Vought writes in the memo employees across the executive branch have been required, uh, required, to attend training where they are told that virtually all white people contribute to white racism or where they are required to say that they benefit from racism. Vaught subsequently states, the president has directed me to ensure that federal agencies cease and desist from using taxpayer dollars to fund these divisive, un-American propaganda training sessions. That is, I mean, that, I mean you couldn't do a better job than that. Great job, Trump. That's what you got to do now back to Haydn biden his math is always very very interesting play that video for me
7: my schedule the back of the schedule is always a black box you can't really see it the press may be able to it says daily u.s updates troops died in iraq and afghanistan it should have started at 6 Six thousand nine hundred
0: twenty-two students should start at one we We're getting our video right, everybody. Hello, I'm back with nothing to say but to talk about this video until I'm watching her and get it, can you, can you get there? one oh six?
7: Group of people who relied on
0: them. In regular US order, U.S. troops wounded
7: the- <laughs> There you go, right there, play it. 118,984. Military COVID deaths, 6,114. Folks,
0: every one of these lives matter. All right, bring it back to me. That's all I wanted you to see. If I just read it to you, then you won't necessarily believe it. It may have taken us two minutes to get a six-second video, but hey, you know what? We're not perfect. So he just said that 6,000 American military personnel have died of COVID-19. 6,000, right? 6,000 soldiers. Oh yeah, get that video ready. That's going to be apropos. 6,000 soldiers have died of COVID-19. What's the actual death count? Let's see. 600? 4, 400. Actual death count, United States soldiers dying of COVID-19 is seven. Seven. That's your Democratic Party. Play it for me. Damn you. I almost nunchucked you. You don't even realize. Ouch. <laughs> we are rolling. That's our wrong video. All right, let's go to our next Biden video then. You ready? There we go. All right, now that Joe one starts. Joe a is a mumble mouth liar.
7: 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars, including Vietnam, from that point on.
0: Hey, Courtney John, more on our street, and I want to tell bring you. Bring back to 414 and play it one more time for me. A criminal uses their gun to commit a crime. Joe is a mumble-mouthed
7: liar. 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. More than all the wars, including Vietnam, from that point on.
0: bring it back to me. More than all the wars, 150 million Americans have died of gun violence in a 10-year period. So that's 1.5 million Americans dead per year from gun violence. You know what the actual numbers are? It's 40,000 per year with 67% of those being suicides. Facts! 150 million! And all kinds of Democratic dupes believe that. 150 million people. I don't trust you anymore with the video. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. All right, play it. What? (laughs) What?
5: What an idiot! Oh,
0: what a loser! Good. Good. <laughs> all right back to me, get it ready again. All right, now we got Biden. So 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 far, remember what he said too, more people have died of gun violence than all the wars. I mean people people Democrats believe this. This is why I said you have to choose sides. Well, I just want to follow Jesus. So you just follow Jesus and let people live in lies. What sets you free? Knowledge of the truth sets people free. And, and pastors like, well, no, I'll just stay out of politics. You're just letting people live in lies? and no, you have pe- let people li- sit in your churches that believe that 150 million people died of gun violence? What does he believe about COVID? Play that one for me.
7: Unnecessarily. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID.
5: <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what? What? idiot oh what a loser good good there you go (laughs) now here's the thing are the now switching back are the recent police shootings you know joe biden said the police shooting in kenosha quote unquote made him sick without any investigation without any you know conclusions to anything yet had just begun to be investigated. So without any conclusions at all, he made him sick. Everybody assumes that police shootings when it's a white officer and a black suspect is race related without actually having any proof whatsoever. So let me ask again, are the recent recent police shootings, are they even race related to begin with play that video for me?
5: Try to tell me that that's why yesterday you got the nba walking off the court not that anybody watches the nba anymore anyway i mean just to look at the ratings nobody cares they're walking off the court because of racial injustice can somebody out there anyone in the comment section please prove to me how any of these recent police uh, shootings have anything to do with race these victims okay victims are interchangeable they could be mongolian the same result will happen and you got people saying, why Why did it have to be seven shots though, Rob? Why seven? Why one? Why couldn't this dude just listen? Regardless of what people think in 2020, police officers are your authority. But people just give no dams anymore. Like, oh yeah. Hey, bro, put your hands up. Stop moving. Stop moving. Man, fuck you, man. I got shit in my pile. I don't gotta listen to you. You ain't my fault. Dude, what do you expect? What do you think is going to happen? How does race have anything to do with that? No, nothing at all to do with race. It has everything to do with not complying. Every single case. The only person that didn't have a chance to not comply was well, the Breonna you. Taylor.
0: And Brianna Taylor was neck deep, by the way, in the drug situation that was going on in her house that the no-knock warrant was issued for. Again, it's just typical Democratic politics. 120 million Americans have died of COVID. 150 million Americans have died of gun violence. 6,000 troops have died of COVID-19 when seven actually did. That's Democratic politics. And you're like, Tom, it's not all Democrat. It's all Democrats. Flat out, it is. The Democratic Party is the greatest source of evil in this country. They're pro-death. They butcher the unborn. Every single core belief that they have is non-biblical. Every single core belief that they have is unbiblical. Gay marriage, unbiblical. Slaughtering the unborn, unbiblical. Any any core belief, transgenderism, unbiblical. Absolutely. That's where they stand. They are the the purveyors of evil in this country. Absolutely. There, There is a clear choice I don't say that Republicans are the answers to all your problems. They're not. They're not the answers to you. They're not. They're nowhere close to perfect. It is more of a lesser of two evils thing. The Republican platform, though, if you call yourself Christian, is far closer to the Bible. Is far more biblical than what the Democrats are. The Democrats don't have any any cohesion to the Bible whatsoever. No connection to it whatsoever. This is a tweet from Jesse Kelly. And I believe this just sums up the modern day church and all the pastors that are gleaning their sermons from the internet and that are cowards and are too afraid to preach the Bible. This goes for you. No, we walked out this. He's responding to a question from Annie state below. If it's okay to ask, did you find a new church, Jesse? He goes, no, we walked out when the pastor started preaching about white privilege and attending what white people need to know panels and I won't walk in another one unless I'm entirely convinced the pastor is a man and not a eunuch. Pastors of America, right? Yeah. You know what? Screenshot it, write it, take a picture of it. Whatever you got to do. Is that you? The day after George Floyd, did you preach about racism? That's you. That is you. Absolutely. 100%. That is who you are. And I hope that people will get up in the middle of your sermons and walk out as you sit there and go, you know, we're just going to concentrate on Jesus while I lie to you and tell you covid 19s a plague. I'm going to lie to you and take your temperature at the door and we're all going to social distance. And if you catch it, you're going to die. I'm going to boldface lie to you all the while telling you we're all just going to follow Jesus and stay out of politics. They're harem eunuchs. Listen, pastors today are scared to death to preach the Bible. Because the Bible will cause their church to shrink. Listen, they did it on their own now, didn't they? Whatever you plant in the ground's coming up. A lot of the pastors now, they're not seeing people come back to their churches after they've been closed for months. But pastors today, they don't preach the Bible. It's a threat. The Bible is a threat to their Jesus. This is why Psalm 138 two says he has magnified his word above his name. Because you can preach anything under the name of Jesus, but you can't preach anything under the word of God, which is Jesus. John chapter one, verse one, John chapter one, verse 14, first John chapter five, verse seven, Jesus is the word of God. So if you're preaching an unbiblical Jesus, you might as well burn incense at your Ezra pole. because whether you're using the name of Jesus or not, you're not preaching Jesus unless you are preaching the Bible. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking, exhorting with all long suffering and doctrine. That's what it's all about, folks. And that's I hope people do just get up in the middle of it. When you see that the pastor as as clipped an online message series that is completely devoid of biblical principle or Bible verses at all. Get up with your whole family. Even if you're sitting right in the middle of the church, just get up and walk out. Why do these men even have church? Listen, are you preaching the word? If you close your church because of COVID 99.9% survival rate, 0.1% post-infection death rate, 70% of the people who catch COVID never know they have it. 99% 99% of all COVID cases are mild. 60,000 people in the world right now out of 8 billion have a serious to critical case of COVID. And that's why your church is closed. You think you're operating in the truth. You think you're simply following Jesus and staying out of po- How are you staying out of politics if you lock down your churches at politicians request? Explain to me how you're staying out of politics. When you locked your churches down, when a politician requested that you do it, but yet you're the soothsayer of love and I'm following Jesus only, but yet whatever the government tells you to do, you do. I saw a local pastor here. He goes, well, you know, what we're going to do is have the government come in the county come in and they're going to deem when we can reopen. They're right down the road from me in Venice, Florida. They're they're, You know We're not going to take any steps ourselves. Oh, what about the Bible, Pastor? You ever heard about binding and loosing? You ever heard that no plague shall draw near your dwelling? You ever heard that if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it? Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. John 14, 14. Matthew 16, 19. Psalm 91. Ever heard of those things? That's called Bible verses. And you say you want to follow Jesus. How do you follow Jesus that's not the Bible when Jesus is the Bible? Explain that to me and whatever the government tells you to do, you do, but you're staying out of politics. Unreal. Trump is defunding. Also, i mentioned this earlier. I I mentioned the critical race theory. He's also defunding what's called the 1619 project, which claims that the revolutionary war was fought over slavery. Not I didn't mix up the words. The revolutionary war was fought over slavery. That's the, that's what they claim. He's also defunding all of that. Now, here is a little clip from uh, Rick Santorum is not the strongest conservative in the world. So believe me, I'm not endorsing him. He's gotten weaker as he sat at CNN. But listen to this back and forth between him and Chris Cuomo. You be making these presumptions that because you're white, you're privileged. And it's because but you're white, you that's not you're what racist. the training is. That, that is a scare the tactic. Memo
7: that's the divisive but, thing.
5: No, Rick, no, they're actually, Rick, there, this there's, president there's plenty is of saying, information
0: out there. Rick, There's plenty of information out there that these types of training sessions are occurring. Rick, but you're generalizing. In, in I'm dealing with the government. specific, the specific problem is our Rebecca president. Said, so Cuomo says that's not what they're doing. They're not teaching everybody that they're a white supremacist. Really? So let's look at one of the trainings. All white people are racist. <laughs> so <laughs> I put this up because I really
3: want any white person in the room to know upfront that this is what we're dealing with, that it's not gonna be this coddling of white tears and what that looks like, we're not gonna discuss, oh, maybe some of us have worked it out. No, you're always gonna be racist, actually. So even when you're on your path to trying to figure out how to be a better human being, um, because I believe that white people are born into not being human, like that actually instead of people of color and black folks being dehumanized, that actually everyone is dehumanized off threat within white supremacy, that y'all are born into a life to not be human, and that's what y'all are taught to do, to be demons. So in this particular way, white people are all racist. So I-
0: white people, are all racist, born non-human and born demons. That's the stuff the government was paying for. Our government was paying for those things. And look at, I mean, why would anybody be sitting in that room for two seconds? Why? And, and again, put her picture up there, put the picture, or just flash that picture of the lady teaching. If you can just find something and shove it on the screen there. First of all, let's, I have a few observations. First of all, let me just give you some nutritional advice, salad, try a salad besides anything else, besides chocolate or anything, try some sort of salad. Second of all, who was it that you went to and asked Ashley, that's her name, Ashley Shackelford, Ashley, who did you go to for advice on what to wear that day? I mean, I want to ask you that. Listen, I'm chubby. And I don't wear tight clothes for a reason. Did you look in a mirror and say, this is what I should wear today. And the other observations, all white people are racist, demonic and non-human. That's what this lady was teaching. And that's what's being paid for. Look at this. This is not not a Puritan tweet from 9-7. Just remember... This is what the museum, you can start putting them up there, put the first one up, Museum of African American History paid for by your tax dollars, history and culture put up about white culture without thinking, what could possibly be wrong with this? That is until it blew up in their faces and they were forced to remove it. Well, luckily we got it before they could remove it. Look, at this is paid for by your tax dollars. Imagine if this was reversed in any way, shape or form. Look at these things. Put up that first one for me, but just so I can launch into it here. Aspects and assumptions of white culture. What if I put up something that said aspects and assumptions of black culture? White dominant culture or whiteness refers to, man, this this is a government institution. Refers to ways white people and their traditions, attitudes, and ways of life have been normalized. Look at some of their examples. Rugged individualism, all white. Family structure, the nuclear family is all white emphasis on scientific method, objective, rational, linear thinking is white. History based on Northern European immigrants. It is based on that Pro- protestant work ethic. Hard work is key to success. Religion. Christianity is the norm. If it, it is. This is formed. This whole country, our constitution, the declaration of independence, everybody who write them, wrote them were Christians. Status, power, and authority. Wealth equals worth. Your job is who you are. Respect authority. Yeah, I don't want respect. Respect. Don't respect authority. Future orientation. Plan for the future. Delayed gratification. They're all white evil. Time follow rigid time schedules. I'll just show up for work whenever you want. Aesthetics based on European holidays. Justice based on English common law. What's wrong with that? Competition. Be number one. Win at all costs. I don't know anybody who preaches win at all costs. Last one. Communication. The King's English. Written tradition. Avoid conflict. All for the National Museum of African and American History at the Smithsonian Institute. Brought to you by your tax dollars, a country that is edging up to $30 trillion in debt, paid for all of that. Luckily though, we have Nancy Pelosi. She is taking the high road, It's like that.
6: Well, you know, you have to take the high road in all of this. One thing I learned growing up in politics, you can't become them. If that's how they want to uh, uh, conduct themselves, that's their problem. Uh, but we set a higher standard how we go forward. American people are craving, craving a vision about how they can have economic security and health security and good education for their children.
0: I can't bear anymore. So she's taking the high road, right? So, so far in president Trump's three and a half years in office, you had fake collusion, the fake post office scam, fake impeachment, the fake story about Trump insulting the troops. Now you got a fake Bob Woodward's thing coming out one fake thing after another, but yet they're taking the high road. Listen, th- listen to her as she describes her high road. Play that one for me.
6: You demonize and then you, it, we call it the wrap up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest, and then you merchandise it and then you write it and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they have that validation that the press reported the smear. And then it's called the wrap up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. And it's, it's a tactic. There. <laughs> Hello, there it is. And that's, but she's taking the
0: high road. She's going higher. It's like Carl Lentz who's going higher. Hey, Carl is abortionist. And well, you know what? I'm going higher. Really? You just deny God's word. Jesus said, anyone who denies me before men, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. But don't worry about that, Carl. Don't worry about it. But there's Nance, right? There's old Nance. You know, we're going the high road, but let me show you how you do a wrap up smear. She even has a name for it. If you have a name for it, You've done it and you've done it numerous times. You've talked about it numerous times. You've been in rooms talking about it with your cohorts numerous times. You've named it, you've done it, you've perpetrated it many times. It's what's been going on for for three and a half years with President Trump. All the while, listen to some of his recent accomplishments. Play Kaylee for me.
2: Today, President Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in recognition of his work in brokering an Israel-United Arab Emirates peace deal was a historic deal, and the first such deal in over two decades. This is a hard-earned and well-deserved honor for this president. President Trump's foreign policy will always be one of peace through strength, and that is what the American people are seeing abroad. Career politicians merely talk about the kind of results this president has achieved on the world stage. End endless wars, we hear that often. Not too often do we see it actually done. Today, uh, the President and the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, are announcing a drawdown of troops in Iraq, just announced, from 5,200 to 3,000. We are getting our allies to pay their fair share. Now nine NATO countries are meeting their 2 percent spending obligations. We've secured better trade deals for the American worker. President Trump negotiated the USMCA, the US-South Korea deal, ended the Trans-Pacific Partnership, brought back manufacturing jobs. President Trump has stood up to China. The phase one China deal. uh, Also tariffs to hold China accountable and actions to block Huawei. President Trump's also defeated terrorists. The ISIS caliphate is destroyed. Al-Baghdadi is no longer on the battlefield, along with Iranian General Soleimani.
0: And on and on and on we could go. Just to sum up some of the things, though, that she didn't even discuss in that. Israel, United Arab Emirates. They now have a peace deal because of. Oh, Biden? Nah, never. I mean, I want anybody to name, name what Joe Biden has ever accomplished. Please name one thing. Name one thing that Barack Hussein Obama actually accomplished outside of the killing of Osama bin Laden. And even that was really contradictory to his protocols. He had outlawed waterboarding and waterboarding is what gave them the location of Oba- uh, of Osama bin Laden. So it actually was in spite of him that they did it. But credit where credit is due, it got done. But what did what did O'Biden ever accomplish? I mean, look, Israel and the United Arab Emirates now have a peace deal. They're flying back and forth for the first time in history to each other's countries. He's nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize because of this deal that he brokered. What did Obama do? Name one peace deal that Barack Hussein Obama ever did. The only peace deal that he ever accomplished was him with somebody else on a basketball court doing layups together. The man did nothing. Listen, did you hear that list of things that he's accomplished? Kosovo and Serbia, another deal. What have you ever heard? Any deal being done in Eastern Europe, in the Balkan states? When? When? Nobody, all the, all the Democrats and swamp Republicans ever do is militarize those areas. All they do is sink us into military debt, sink us into lives being lost to military soldiers, our own military and foreign soldiers. But what does Trump do? Kosovo and Serbia have normalized economic relations. Where are you at, Barack? Where are you at, Barack? You never did anything like this, did you? Trump's got it done three and a half years. How'd you do George W. Bush? Nothing, nothing. Drawing down our troops in Iraq from 5,500 to 3000. Pretty big deal. Trump ended a 39 year streak of entangling America in useless foreign wars. What war has he got us into? Nah, none facts from Yusuf Israel. Oh, Om- Oman and Bahrain to follow UAE. This is a tweet in normalizing Israel ties. Trump but brokers a deal between between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, and now everybody else wants to get in on it. You know why? More than anything, is because they're scared to death of Iran. But if they get in with Trump, they know they'll be safe. What if O Biden was in? What if Biden? What if Kamala Harris? Was was vice president or president once they ship Joe out. You know, they're gonna ship Joe out to some basement unknown in Delaware one day, if he ever if he did win the election, one day after the election, they ship him out to some basement. Yeah, yeah, Joe, we'll we'll get back to you in four years. If you're still around, we'll you can run again. But well will Kamala Harris, she wouldn't she, would, she would she would all she would do is endlessly capitulate to Iran. Oh, Biden sent $1.6 billion, a lot of it in cash in the dead of night, to Iran. The capitulating, ankle-grabbing, worthless, weak-kneed cowards. And now you've got Oman and Bahrain wanting to join the United Arab Emirates and normalizing relations with Israel. Wow. That's three and a half years. Trump has accomplished more than any Bush any Clinton, any old Biden has in the last 30 years. All right. To Portland, the shooting of the Trump supporter, Aaron Danielson was his name, shot him dead in the street. The shooter has since been killed by the police because he refused to surrender his firearm and he got shot and killed by the police. But I watched an interview. I didn't want to play it all tonight because I really just didn't have the time, but There's an interview with him where he was claiming that his life was in jeopardy. And that's why he shot and killed Aaron Danielson. Well, first show put out the first picture. That's him standing. That's the shooter standing out in front of Ted Wheeler's house in Portland. Right there is Ted Wheeler, perpetual ankle grabber and all the people that he butt kisses light a street right on fire right in front of his house. That shows you typical Democratic Party political activity is they butt kiss and butt kiss and butt kiss until the people they butt kissed come and burn down their own street. Lori Lightfoot has learned it that way. Jenny Durkin has learned it that way. The mayors of Chicago and Seattle, respectively, did nothing to stop anything until it showed up at their house. So there you have the shooter. His name is Michael Reinhold. He is he's standing right outside of Ted Wheeler's house. Then the next picture. This is right before the shooting. The victim is in the black shirt. Now, now Reinhold said that his life was in jeopardy. That's him standing in a parking garage with his hand on his firearm. How is his life in danger? Typical democratic, progressive liberal lies. So he's standing, his life is in jeopardy. How this, the victim is unarmed, all he has is mace, he has bear spray, that's it, no firearm, walking by with the suspect lurking in the garage with his hand on his 9 millimeter. next picture, there he is leaving, being looked at by what looks, well, I can't tell whether that's just an Antifa person or just a capitulating mass moron, looking back at him, and there he goes leaving, Danielson is now, the, the suspect is now at Daniel's back. And they end up yelling, we found one. We found one. And they end up shooting Danielson. Reinhold shoots Danielson in the chest and kills him. That's the facts. That's what really happened. Doesn't really matter now. Both will stand before God in judgment. And I hope Danielson had his life right with God. Reinhold certainly did not. He died in a police shooting. All right. Rioting in Rochester. Play that video for me.
4: Black Lives Matter really showing its true colors over the weekend. More peaceful protests, this time in Rochester, New York. It's funny how these look a lot like riots, don't they? Angry, very lost souls, tossing dining tables and furniture, forcing people, as you see here, to run before the mob consumes them. We've been watching scenes like this for about 100 days now, if you can believe it. But don't let us scare you. According to CBS News, this was just another mostly peaceful protest, and if you don't trust CBS, just take this BLM organizer's word for it yes don't panic just watch out before that lawn chair smashes you in the face by the way Princeton University did a little study on just how peaceful these peaceful protests have been well it turns out nearly 600 of them were not peaceful at all 570 protests deemed violent by a liberal University. You gotta wonder what the real number is. Democrat politicians have spent the last 100 days essentially denying videos like this even exist. Unfortunately for them, most people do have access to local news programming and the internet. This, right now, is the world we live in. And at this point, it's almost funny to pretend this has anything to do with black lives. Here is a frustrated black woman trying to drive in her own town, being stopped and then bullied by a group of white BLM Antifa members who claimed to be fighting fascism and racism. The woman in the truck says one of them called her the N-word.
7: Get
6: out of the way. No, this is a you non-violent protest. Get out of the way.
2: Not violence with you're
6: setting you're fires around. in the street? No, that's no, violent. Around. Okay? Uh, that's you're violent. violent. No, get, out no, get out of my way. No. You no, you're
7: get not out of my way. Anybody nobody said
5: no fire. nobody
0: said no Because they over here two. That's it. And, and by the way, in the past week now, the Democrats have started to say we're against violence. Where have you been? That's been going on for over 100 days. So where were you for the first uh, 95 days? Joe Hyden, Biden, Kamala Harris, Joe Hyden, Biden, his own campaign staff sent money to they redirected. Now, So go, people say, well, it's his staff, not him. No, no. They redirected campaign finances into the Mil- the freedom project, which is to set people who have been arrested for rioting free to pay their bail. Kamala Harris went out and said, send money to them to set the rioters free. That's where they truly stand. All of these liberals could end this in five seconds. Trump said it today in a press conference or a press conference I saw today. It could have been from yesterday. He said, if you just do what we did in Minneapolis, Minneapolis let their city be burned to the ground, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of damage first, and then called in Trump, and Trump ended it out. Have you heard anything from Minneapolis since? Since Trump's been involved, have you heard anything from Minneapolis? Not a thing. Trump said, I would end it in an hour, it'd be over. It's true. There's plenty of people and there's plenty of cops to end all this. Every place you see, probably outside of Kenosha, has thousands of cops, thousands in Seattle, thousands in Portland. They could end it in two seconds flat. They choose not to. If they coupled themselves with and cooperated with federal authorities, it'd be over in one night. Rubber bullets and tear gas. It's over. So this is an anomaly Facebook post from nine, eight. He says, wow. Police chief. You can put up the picture while police chief and entire command staff retire in Rochester. I don't blame them. What now? ABC News, more police chief, LaRon Singletary said he was honored to serve the city of Rochester for 20 years and, comm- and commended his staff, but said the protests and criticism of his handling of the investigation are, are an attempt to destroy my character and integrity. Rochester police Chief's entire command staff retire suddenly. What happened there? Well, you had somebody high on meth, Trying to spit on the cops. It's very common practice. You put on a spit shield. The guy ended up dying. What did he die of? You don't really know in those situations. The coroner put homicide, which is not correct. Nobody knows because what they do is put homicide and they put down it was a combination of stress, um, meth overdose, and, and the police handling of the situation. So, how is it a homicide exactly? You have to have intent. To kill for it to be a homicide. Same thing. I mean, it's the same thing in the George Floyd situation with Derek Chauvin. You have to have intent to charge him with murder. Not negligence. Intent. People are so ridiculously stupid. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Tom, how can you say that? You pastor a church. You shouldn't call people stupid. If you're stupid, you're stupid. You need to know now. But people are. So what they've done is they've come out and that's, they had riding that first, the video where people are being accosted while they're at an outdoor eating area, capitulating of course, to COVID rules in an outdoor eating area and completely get disrupted. Have to move on. That was in Rochester. And that's all happening because allegedly the police abused a meth addict who's, who's threatening to spit on them. And everybody said had COVID, well, did anybody know happen to notice the skin color of the police chief? I mean, it just, it just makes absolutely no sense. And this kind of explains it. So let's put in that set. Yeah. Now, this is leading off from where we were before in the video before from Greg Kelly from Newsmax. This kind of explains the whole situation. Play that one for me.
4: Well, the best part of this uh, is just how awkward
0: the protesters
4: look in this thing. They're being yelled at by a black woman, so they can't just start destroying her truck and beat her half to death. They just kind of stand there. You can see right there in front of the truck looking clueless. These people have no idea what they're doing. All they know is that they hate working at Starbucks. They live with their mom and they're pissed off.
0: I tweeted the full <laughs> version of
4: this video if you want to check it out. Bring it out.
0: back to me. That's it. You have a bunch of white dough, Pillsbury doughboys standing in front. Of, listen, I'm going to tell you something. With all the If you can, put up a still photo of the idiot standing in front of her car. The cumulative amount of muscle... And all of the boy, the men standing there would not add up to a baby that was just born. The, cumul- the amount of muscle right there. Do you, you see any black people? You have white people stopping a black woman in her car and yelling at her about black lives mattering. They have people again. People are so stupid. I mean, how can anybody send money to Black Lives Matter, which their popularity is careening downhill? I think it's down to like 12% or something now. All right, back to our other shooting. You need to compare shootings because you'll hear O. Biden come out, Joe Biden, Biden and Kamala Harris come out and talk about, you know, white militias going to, stoked by Donald Trump going to these towns and stirring up violence. They're trying to, you know, Flip the script like they always do. Remember with Democrats, whatever they're accusing you of doing, they're doing. So if they say that you are stirring up violence, it's them that has already been stirring up violence. If they say that you are corrupt, they are more corrupt and have been corrupt for a long period of time. So let's compare the shootings. So you had the shooting in Portland where you had the Black Lives Matter Antifa rioter shoot an unarmed man in the chest lurking in the garage with his gun, with his hand on his gun. And then you've got Kyle Rittenhouse situation in Kenosha, right? Yeah. Put that picture back up. Yeah. The one you just had, right? Yeah. Right there. That's what you had in Portland. Look at it. All right. That's what you had in Portland. Now, what did you have in Kenosha with Kyle Rittenhouse? And by the way, let's just, let me put this out there since the rioting has begun. For George Floyd, in what was that late May, early June, you had George Floyd killed, Brooks killed in Atlanta, uh, Armada Arbery, and then uh, the girl—I just forgot her name. What's the girl's name? The one who was killed in the, knock, the no-knock warrant. So you had like four, what people would call—I don't—they're not all questionable in my viewpoint. But questionable shootings in people's eyes. So four. So people are protesting, looting, rioting, burning things down. Since then, you've had those riots have caused 32 deaths. That absolutely encapsulates Democratic politicians. Democratic politics, the Democratic Party. You go out, you want, you want change, and then you kill 32 more other people. And, and a lot of those people, by the way, were their own protesters. You know, the two people in Chaz Chop, that was dedicated to, you know, an autonomous, you know, free zone, autonomous zone. The only people that died in there were two black men. It's absolutely, you know, it's just, like, it's just like the number one cause of death in the black community is the Democratic Party, Planned Parenthood. It's the number one cause of death in the black community is not white police officers. Police officers, white, black, or any other color, cause about 200 to 250 deaths per year in the black community out of 43 million. The number one cause of death in the black community by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands per year is abortion. doesn't even compare 200 to hundreds of thousands, but yet people won't see it. I'll have somebody send me a message on here espousing the virtue of Barack Hussein Obama, the biggest baby butchering president we've ever had, which caused more deaths in the black community via abortion than any other president in history. And they will espouse his virtue. You're like, Tom, how do you explain it? I can't, you can't explain stupid. You can't, you can't explain ignorance. Ignorance is you just don't know any better. You've never heard. But when people present you with the facts and you go, no, thank you. I'll just believe whatever I want. It's like Christians with the Bible. No, thank you to the Bible. I'll believe in my version of Jesus. What do you say? That's just choosing to be dumb. That's choosing to be stupid. So here's the difference between Rittenhouse and the shooter in Portland. Reinhold. This is from a Mike Caudry tweet. He says, wow, all three violent attackers of Kyle Rittenhouse self-defense shooter were convicted felons. You start rolling them, brother. Number one, pedophile sex offender. There he is, Joseph Rosenbaum, shot and killed by, while attacking, physically attacking, Kyle Rittenhouse from behind, witnessed by a reporter. I witnessed from a reporter, interviewed by Glenn Beck. He was being attacked from behind. He was trying to grab Kyle Rittenhouse's AR-15 He got shot in the head. He's dead. He's a convicted pedophile. Number two. I can't remember his name offhand. I we it's not on the screen. I can't remember his name. He is. uh, His I'll put up his rap sheet. Next up, this is the this is the other guy that was shot and killed. Here's his rap sheet. Look at on the side over there. Severity felony G, felony H, felony H, misdemeanor, misdemeanor B. Second degree, reckless, endangering, safety, use of dangerous weapon, domestic violence, strangulation, and suffocation. You got his name for me? Anthony Huber. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Aaron. You are the best. Bar none, Aaron is the best. Thank you. Making me look smarter than I am. So here we go. Use of a dangerous weapon, battery, domestic violence, disorderly conduct, domestic violence. I mean, look at it, folks. So that was the the, the number two guy shot. Here's the number three. There he is, George Grosskrantz or something like that. Gage Grosskrantz is his name. What's his deal? That's, I think it's right on the screen there. Felony burglary charge, not permitted to carry a firearm. Look at the bottom left-hand picture. And that's how he was sprinting at Kyle Rittenhouse and got shot in the arm. Little bit of a difference between the shootings. Would you agree? You got one guy lurking in a garage, waiting for a guy to walk back, so walk past him so that he can approach him from behind. They say, Hey, we got one over here. He turns around and he gets shot in the chest. But luckily you got here we got the blaze from nine eight. Kamala Harris says this, the Democratic vice presidential nominee visited the family of police shooting victim Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin on Monday and expressed to Blake how proud of him she is. He is currently facing sexual battery charges among among others, but she's quote, is very proud of him. Senator Harris had an emphasis from Senator Harris's attorney. Or no, this is Jacob Blake's attorney. Senator Harris had an inspirational and uplifting one-hour visit with Jacob Blake. Now, let me just remind everybody. The police were called to the residence of the woman that, that Jacob Blake sexually battered to have him removed from the property. This is after she had already filed charges against him for sexual battery. He showed up again to the house. She called the cops. Cops didn't just randomly show up. He had a warrant for domestic battery and for sexual battery on him. There he is right there. So that's that's the person that Kamala Harris is very proud of, who also has a vehemently anti-Semite father who's put that all over Twitter and Facebook. But that's who she's very proud of, the sexual batterer. Remember, she's the woman who believes all women, including the women that accused Joe Biden. But yet now, being the political prostitute that she is, That she'll just, you know, oh, I have an opportunity here. So I, again, will drop all of my core values to gain some sort of political position. Just like she was dating 60-year-old downtown Willie Brown when she was 30 and ended up getting put into a bunch of powerful Democratic positions before winning the state attorney's job. Oh, what a surprise. Didn't sleep her way to the top, did she? But she's very proud of Jacob Blake Jr. and his family today, the statement read. She spoke individually with each family member about how they were handling the trauma. The trauma of their son sexually battering a woman, having a warrant issued, going back to the house where she where he victimized the woman. She calls the cops and the cops come. He resists arrest numerous times, tells the cops that he has a knife in the car, reaches for the knife and gets shot. And yet she's very proud of him. Democratic Party, Democratic Party. Oh, Tom, stay out of politics. Now, you know what? I will not stay out of the truth. Cowardly pastor, just because you don't have enough courage to preach the truth. So you hide behind things like we're just going to follow Jesus and so stay out of politics. No, thank you to your cowardice, ankle grabbing and capitulation. No, thank you. She spoke individually with each family member about how they were handling the trauma and urged them to take care of their physical and mental health. In a moving moment, Jacob Jr. told Senator Harris that he was proud of her, a woman who's more liberal than Bernie Sanders. It is a nonstop black community, baby butchering monster. And the Senator told Jacob that she was also proud of him and how he is working through his pain. Jacob Jr. assured her that he was not going to give up on life for the sake of his children. Just reminding everybody, Kamala Harris was also a virulent, absolutely virulent, vehement supporter of Jesse Smollett, too. Just reminding you of that. From Andrew Boston, tweet, reassuring COVID-19 on campus update. Students returned beginning since August zero reported COVID-19 hospitalizations and throughout the country right now, schools are still closed because liberal democratic party teachers unions are keeping them closed for absolutely no scientific reason with no scientific basis with no statistical basis whatsoever. All these returning students that are actually more vulnerable. I mean, statistically speaking, they have a 0% chance of dying of COVID. But children are the least vulnerable on the planet to COVID-19. I don't even like to talk about COVID-19 any more so than the flu because that's all that it is. Oh, Tom, there wasn't 189,000 people didn't die of the flu. 189,000 people didn't die of COVID either. Either 9,200 died exclusively of COVID. August zero reported COVID-19 hospitalizations among 26,000 students on 29 campuses everybody hear that zero hospitalizations for over 26,000 students put up the sheet for me you can look at the stats yourself University of Alabama test positives there's a bunch of positive tests who cares zero hospitalizations who cares so you can look one right after them. there's Auburn 1600 0 Arizona State, 800, zero. University of North Carolina, the, one of the most draconian Stalinist governors in the, on the planet. Cooper. Look at the University of North Carolina. Both of them. You got a combination of 2,000 positive tests with zero hospitalizations. Those are the facts. Absolute facts. So we've heard a lot. You know what this is all about. I read you the, the timeline earlier. Event 201. Gates predicting it. The, out, the the virus outbreak. Then you had the World Economic Forum. It's all about one thing. It's all about mail-in voting. It's all about giving the Democrats an opportunity to make the election a fraud fest or to delay Trump becoming president so that they can have more power longer, sticking Nancy Pelosi in as a surrogate president for a certain period of time. That's all that it's about. So what we need to look at is mail-in voting, right? Not going into a big thing about it, but what they're allegedly saying is that it's unsafe. Unsafe. 0.1 post-infection death rate, 99.9% survival rate. Unsafe for you to stand in line at Publix or your grocery store or Walmart. That is completely safe, but standing in line at a voting booth is unsafe, right? So that's what it's really all about is so that the Democrats can come in and dirty up this election And make it absolutely unbelievable, whatever the outcome is. You can't truly believe it because the people are like, well, they've been doing mail-in ballots for forever. No, they haven't. They've been doing absentee ballots. Absentee ballots are when maybe you are somebody who's bedridden. Maybe you are somebody who's a public figure, whatever. So you want an absentee ballot. You request an absentee ballot. It's tracked. Now what they're doing is just mailing ballots all over the place. there has been numerous stories, dozens of stories. A ballot showing up. One of the ones we did here was a ballot showed up at a house for a dead cat. A dead cat. Fact. Pull it up. Google it. It's mainstream media. It's mainstream news. It wasn't on the Gateway Pundit. It's mainstream news. A dead cat. So what we have to look at this is the science behind it. How's it going so far? We've had in-person elections. Since then, listen to this 14 seconds, seconds from Jesse Waters.
1: Also, uh, by we? the way, they just had in person voting in Vermont yeah. and in Minnesota and in Connecticut. Hundreds of thousands of people yeah. voted in person. And three weeks later, there were less new cases of
0: coronavirus. <laughs> Facts! In person, in hundreds of thousands of people in Vermont and Connecticut showed up in person and voted. And the, and the COVID case count and death count went down. Democrats make no sense. It's all about political expediency. They don't even try to make sense. They just throw stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And sadly, a lot of people believe it from Todd Starnes, nine, eight Los Angeles finds grace community church, $1,000 for sign violation. for a sign violation. Los Angeles County has slapped Grace Community Church with a $1,000 fine for violating a China virus sign ordinance. $1,000 fine for a COVID-19 sign ordinance violation. The church is accused of not having proper signage at the front doors of the sanctuary, according to an official inspection report obtained by Todd Starnes. The church's sign read, please do not enter if you have an elevated temperature, a cough, or flu-like symptoms. Again, not to criticize John MacArthur here. You shouldn't do any of it, brother. Let it all go. Just just dive into the deep end. Just dive in. Don't do any of this garbage. You're just capitulating. You're acknowledging that there is a need for of the actions that they're taking against you. It's just like Christians who get upset when the government goes too far, but you're wearing a mask. If you are wearing a mask, you are validating the actions that you find offensive. Like one of the things that I did last week where we had the kid sent home from school right here in Charlotte County from Liberty elementary school, because she had a stomach ache and stomach ache is listed as a symptom of COVID-19. So she was sent home and then they went and took the high school sibling of that child out of their school and now the parents upset when she does the interview she's wearing a mask you're validating the reasons for the things that are offending you same thing here don't put any sign on the door they're gonna could to get you anyway again gators gotta eat all you're doing is pushing other people to the hangman's noose before it comes to you you're just delaying the inevitable when you capitulate You give an inch, they'll take a mile. That's why you never give an inch. If you don't give an inch, they take nothing. Don't put a sign on there that says, please do not enter if you have an elevated temperature. But they did. However, so the the church puts the sign up. Please do not enter if you have an elevated temperature, a cough, or any flu-like symptoms. However, the county inspector, this is where we're at. Hey, again, I just want to follow Jesus, pastor. I'm I'm You know, we're just going to follow Jesus and I'm not going to get into politics and I'm just trying to keep my people safe. That's why we social distance. That's why I have cones set up in our sanctuary. That's why we have everybody brings in lawn chairs and they social distance and nobody's allowed to sit in the church chairs because if you do, your butt juice might spread COVID to somebody else's butt cheeks. If you go to a church like that, you're just capitulating. That's all that you are. And this is what it's led to. The county inspector at a church. So you still think that you're trying to save people's lives, huh? You think that that's what it was all about, capitulating, ankle grabbing pastor. You think that it was that was that's what it was all about was compassion. Courteousness. Save people's life. I wear a mask not to save myself, but to save others. You really still believe that when you have a county inspector going to a church? You don't think there's anything totalitarian or stalinist about that. You don't think there's any book of revelation about this, do you? Does there any, any whiff come to your nostrils at all about the book of revelation and the mark of the beast and the one world order? Does any of that come to your mind at all? Pastors? No, I'm just going to follow Jesus. The book of revelation is Jesus. What are you following? However, the County inspector said the signs should have been placed at the front and back. There wasn't good enough that they were only on the front. They had to be on the back entrances of the building too. Who's coming in the back door. I have a, I have a church right here. I'm sitting in my office right now at my church. You know how many people come in the back door of our church? Zero. Zero. We have a couple people that are great servants that go in and out the back at the end, putting things in the trash. That's it. So why would you have to put a sign that says, please do not enter if you have elevated temperature, or cough, or flu-like symptoms at the back door? But the county inspector says that you have to. Good job capitulating, quarantine, mask wearing, virtue signaling, Christians and conservatives. Here's what you get. This is the fruit of your labors. County inspectors showing up at churches, issuing summons for $1,000 to a pastor because his signage was not correct. You sure you're right about your whole COVID-19 no politic agenda? You sure? The fruit is saying the opposite. The county also said the signs should have been, should have instructed people to wash hands or use sanitizer. Not enough to say the other things. You should also have to put on wash hands and use sanitizers to wear face coverings and to maintain social distancing. Because they failed to do so, the church will be forced to pay the county $1,000. Yeah, they didn't get a summons. They just got a ticket. So I take the summons part back. I assume it's just a ticket. Most recently, the city announced plans to evict the church from a parking lot. They had been leasing for 40 years. Good job cooperating community partner. Good neighbor pastors. Good job. Good job helping your brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, it's just about politics, right? You ever read the book of Revelation? Do you take two seconds? Listen, here's the thing. I'll give you some advice. Capitulating mask wearing pastors. They have your church names on your masks. Try reading the Bible. There you go. That's it for the night. Try it. County inspectors also determined that roughly 5% of the 2000 attendees were wearing face masks. So they sat outside that church. They were actually barred from being allowed in. Good job, Pastor MacArthur. They were barred from coming in. So they counted how many people on a percentage basis were actually wearing masks. That's what we, that's where we're at now. That is where we're at. At the time of the investigation, we were refused entry onto church grounds in order to observe the implementation of the health officers' orders. Health officers are unelected gods in our countries. Now they can do whatever they want. And the church just folds up. You know, people are predicting a great revival in this land. They're predicting it. I don't think that we're going to see a revival Of current churches. I think what we'll see are new converts. There's lots of people right now. Listen, the mask wearing, capitulating quarantiners who just bought into this from day one. Um, This is why I stay home to save lives. And you, you're so galactically uninformed. Listen, it's not even being uninformed. There's so much information out there. You are willfully, willfully being dumb. It's too much of a risk. Just like the Bible is too much of a risk for a lot of pastors to preach because they'll lose too much of what they've built in their life. It's just like right now for those that quarantined back in March and April and May, whatever they quarantined. they put out all their virtue online about staying at home and saving lives and quarantine day one and quarantine day 30 and we're baking cookies today. We're doing cardboard cutouts tomorrow. Yee! Look at us. You know, this great family time. If you go back now and you say you were completely wrong, it's damaging to you. And instead of embracing that truth and saying, you know what? I was wrong. And repenting, which is biblical. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. That's how Jesus launched his ministry. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Instead of repenting, you hold on to it so that it builds your own virtue. It's called self-righteousness, and all our righteousness is ours filthy rags. You can go back and say, no, we were actually right. You were totally wrong. It's like saying your old life was right before you got saved. You right now you're going, We we were right in doing all that because we were trying to save people's lives. No, you were wrong. And instead of just simply repenting and going, I was wrong, you try to find some sort of Half cocked, half baked reason or reasons to justify what you did. You were completely wrong. Pastors, you were completely wrong. You never should have closed. And now pastors don't admit it. They just reopen their churches. They were reopening safely. You're still espousing lies. Hiding behind things like we're just going to follow Jesus and and stay out of politics. You're just using that to hide your cowardice. Christian. Listen, the, the revival that is to come is not going to be of the existing church. It's going to be new people, conservative people even, that weren't really Christians before, that saw certain men and women of God stand up to this plague, stand up to this totalitarianism, which is real. Don't put quotes on the totalitarianism. The totalitarianism, the Stalinism, the draconian measures are all real. Certain people stood up to them and certain people bowed to them. The people that say, I want to stay out of politics are the ones who bowed to politics and closed their churches. But the real revival that's going to come is going to be new Christians. And there's a lot of people. This is, listen, folks, for that day, that day will not come until the falling away comes first. This has been a void, a open door for people to fall away. And that's what's happened. It really is. They've fallen away. People who deny you can lose your salvation, do not read. (laughs) You can't lose your salvation is what people say, right? You ever read your Bible? Do you know that first Timothy chapter four is entitled the great falling away? Do you know that second Thessalonians chapter two is entitled the great falling away? Do you know that Hebrews chapter five verses 11 through 14 is entitled warning against falling away? And that's what this all it takes is for the government to say to you, do whatever we say for a point 0one post infection death rate. How many Christians are going to take the mark of the beast? Don't say that, Tom, that comes after Jesus comes back. You can argue that theology all you want. I don't I don't agree with that theology. I, I'm a we're about a three quarters. What's called what I call a three quarters tribulation guy. I think we're going to I think we'll the church will see tribulation. How much of it we can debate. But I do believe the church will see tribulation. I believe there's going to be a lot of people that are going to take the mark of the beast. And you open the door to that. You open the door to that for your kids too. When you capitulated and you said, we're going to quarantine ourselves, little Johnny, little Susie, we're going to quarantine ourselves. You scared your kids to death for what, for what a virus that has absolutely no chance of killing them and practically zero chance of killing you for what, for what the upcoming revival is going to be new people. And I invite all of you, all of you that are watching this, stand up for your faith. Stand up for the word of God. If you're going to a church right now that has safely reopened, you're in the wrong church, wrong pastor. Because all they've done is acknowledge the lie by using the terminology. We're going to safely reopen. Safely reopen from what? A 99.9% survival rate? How are you? Why would you have to safely reopen? I hear conservative politicians, Republican politicians say, we can do this. We can reopen and we can reopen safely. All you've done is capitulated to a lie. That's all that you've done. You have to stand up for what is true. What's true. What's true. COVID-19 has a 99.9% survival rate. The worst survival rate is put out by the CDC 99.74% survival rate. Though that, it's a two point, a, a 0.26 post-infection death rate, 0.26 post-infection death rate. That's the worst one out there. That's the worst one out there. And the churches are still closed. The schools are closed. All right. More on Saturday. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, I pray your abundance on every single person watching. I pray your victory, your healing, your restoration, your power and your courage upon all those that are watching. Lord, we love you. Lord, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. 8.30 Saturday. God bless you. I love you all.